Is great music all that's needed for a successful career as an artist? No, but it's a necessary foundation. Today, John Halberg, known better as just Halberg, joins me to talk about why great music should be your primary focus, why labels and promotional channels reject people, hint, it's not because your cold email pitch sucks, and why everyone should take initiative and work on their own branding and marketing and business tasks instead of leaving it all up to a manager or label. What's up guys, hope you're well. My name is Sam Matler and I'm the host of the EDM Podcast. Uh, this is episode 48, we're coming up to 50 episodes and it's been awesome to see the growth of this podcast, especially in recent months. I appreciate you listening, I appreciate you sharing the podcast with others and I appreciate you. If you've been listening for a while, you know what this podcast is about, but if you're new, my mission with this podcast is to interview successful and interesting producers as well as industry practitioners, label managers, A&Rs, marketers, in order to gain fresh insights and lessons from their lives and experiences. We're going to get straight into it this time. Please welcome John Halberg. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back to the EDM Podcast. Today I'm joined by John, also known as Halberg. Uh, John, how's it going? It's going great, man. It's going great. I'm enjoying this uh, cold-ass weather in, <laughs> in Stockholm. It's pretty cold here too, man, and it's summer. So um, oh, damn. Uh, New Zealand's not much better. Uh, how did you get the name Halberg? I'm curious. Uh, yeah, so that's a question I get asked a lot. Uh, it's actually my, my real last name. Really? Um, yeah, like hmm. it's not that... Uh, that uncommon in Sweden for someone to be called Hellberg right. or Hellstrom or Hell something. So in in English it gets a little weird because people think that you're some like have some connections to like some religion <laughs> or something. <laughs> but but no, it's just my last name. <clears throat> cool, cool. Well, I want to go all the way back to the start. How did you initially get into music? Tell us a bit about your right. background. Um, so I've always been into music since I was like a little little kid. Since I was like. I don't know, two or three. Mm. Um, I got my first like little kid drum set or whatever. And I, and the, the guitar and everything that was obviously just like not real, but yeah. Uh, mm. and I just like destroyed those, uh, got new ones all the time and just like kept on 
hammering at him and there was like no one to teach me how to do it really i for some reason mm. i just like knew how to okay so the drum I'm, I'm supposed to bang on it kind of like it was just intuitive i guess yeah um yeah. and then i just got into um at a later stage just uh, playing a bit of piano i'm not that much i haven't been that into it but i got into it a little bit and then Later on, I um, got introduced to like making music and making mashups and stuff through friends in in school, and that. And I was like maybe thirteen, I think, um, when I got introduced to that. And I downloaded FL Studio because I don't know, I just did. Um, <laughs> I checked like what other producers used, and I was like, okay, that, that I'm yeah. sure that's cool. Uh, and then I just like messed around with with that, and uh, I have been for for nine years now. Th- throughout those nine years, has there been any points where you got kind of discouraged or about like giving up? Because I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this. You know, I get emails all the time from producers who say, "Oh, I'm not sure if this is for me. It's it's challenging." I mean, were there any right. points like that for you, or was it just easy the whole way through? Um, it's definitely not been easy. Like, like that's, that's obviously like, like whatever career path you choose is going to be ups and downs, you know, whether you're in a cubicle in some office or if you're doing your own thing, doing some arts or whatever, you know? Hmm. Um, so it's definitely not been easy, but, but I can tell you that I've never had the thought of quitting. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. It's just like, it's what I, it's what I love to do. So I'm going to do it. Whether like, um, I did it when I was in school and had like a bunch of homework and stuff. I still made music when I could. Um, when I worked at like McDonald's, I still made music mm-hmm. when I got home. And, uh, and when, and I've been music making music every day when I, when I turned, uh, this this music thing full time um so so to me it's it's obviously it's up at ups and downs and sometimes you're not really feeling that creative and you take a little break for a few days or something like that um but i don't know for me uh, um i've always had this this desire and this need to just like better myself and keep on improving and and um and just make better music i guess yeah when you switched to to making music full time and doing this full time, did your mindset change in any way or, or your habits? I mean, did anything change? Um, I, I definitely know because I um, I know that I got into just the business aspect of it a lot more. Mm-hmm. I started like getting into business people that were openly talking about um, advice and how they were going about their entrepreneurship and stuff like that. Yeah. So I definitely got into that a little more and, and I actually worked at McDonald's and these side jobs while I was still in school. So from the day I like graduated, um, high school, I've been like doing this full time. Um, Uh. and, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's just been more focused trying to really get, uh, as much out of every hour of the day, I guess, as possible. Um, yeah, mm. that's basically been the focus. Yeah, I'm curious. In what does your daily schedule look like? Uh, like, how much time do you spend mm-hmm. producing? How much time do you spend on like the business marketing side of right. things? Uh, what does that look um, like? Right. So, so obviously, it it depends. If I'm in a like studio session with someone, mm. that that obviously that can be like a 10, 12 hour day of just making music and just working on 
you know, the songwriting and the production and everything that has to do with that. So in a session that can be a long time, but when I'm working on my own, I kind of like jump back and forth. So I might make music for an hour, then go on social media to update, like, and update my Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. Mm. Um, and then maybe I'll jump on a call with my manager for two hours or something and then go back to music and then watch something on YouTube. And then, you know, so, so it's kind of spread out and it really depends on the day and what I feel like doing. But I, I really try to to um, make something every day. So whether work on a project that I'm already working on or start something new. And I get really frustrated when I feel like I, I'm not doing anything. So if I haven't mm. made a new track in like maybe three days or something, I get really frustrated. And I feel like I, I, I'm very lazy and not doing what I'm supposed to do, I guess. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that too. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's, it's, good. Yeah, it's good and it's bad. What advice would you give to younger producers trying to make it uh, in the industry? Right. Oh, that yeah, that's that's so, so tricky. I have like this series on my Instagram and my Snapchat where I like send a lot of tips out to producers hmm. who are like up and coming. So I put these like quick tips up, you know, um, and, uh, and and I don't know if I can zero in on like one piece of advice, I guess. Um, Maybe three pieces just, of advice if you can. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, make, just make great music uh, is obviously key. Hmm. Um, don't expect things to happen if, if you don't have that, yeah. like people, people, um, are so, um, I don't know. I don't know if desperate is the right word, but people are so, um, they really want to get that label contract. They really mm. want to get that, that be signed to monster cat or be signed to Ausla or be signed to Madison or whatever it is, or a major for like, you never know. Um, what well, people have different desires, but, mm. um, the key thing is that you have to have great music and you can't just blame it on them being assholes. If they didn't respond to your email, like if the music was good enough, they would respond. Uh, and, and I know that's like a harsh thing to say. And a lot of other people might say like, Oh no, like just, just, um, give it another week or so. But if they haven't responded to you in like two weeks, then you need to like make, just make better music and don't Mm. be discouraged about it. If they didn't like your track, they didn't like your track. Like, what can you do? Just like, um, I don't know. I've always had this kind of practical, um, way of going about that. I know a lot of people who have been on labels, um, like we've shared labels and they've talked to me and like said that they're down because they and R didn't like their new track that they spent so much time on. And mm-hmm. I've tried to tell them like, don't be discouraged by, uh, about that. And I would say the same to young producers. Like if you're trying to put yourself out there, if you have sent stuff to, I don't know, YouTube channels or labels or whatever, um, don't be discouraged if they say no, just work more, work harder at your music, be smart about like how you make it, study others. And, um, and you will get there someday if you, if you have the skill. Um, Mm. yeah. I think that's crucial advice because a lot of people ask for the tactics or techniques for like cold emailing labels and so on and so on but that's not the point like you can send if you send like a poorly written email to a label but you've got a a great song um they're probably still going to sign you like it doesn't matter what words you use necessarily (laughs) or how long your email is or 
what your age right. is. I mean, you see that a lot. I'm a 14 year old producer. Right. Or, or, it doesn't right. matter or if you <laughs> or if you or your manager sent it or your mom yeah, yeah. or like it doesn't really <laughs> matter. Like it it when it comes to the label and artist relationship, it usually comes down to the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, um, your marketing and how you brand yourself and how you are as an quote unquote artist um, that matters so much that's like 50% of it mm. um but when it comes to just finding the right label to work with for your like first single i would just say either either don't stress about a label and release it on your own or yeah. uh, make great enough music so that the label actually picks you up for sure well i want to ask him how did you get involved with monster cat it's funny like i was a huge and i'm still i still am but i just don't really have the time for it um i'm huge into like gaming and stuff Mm. so i had made these connections in the gaming space um these like youtubers who were getting bigger and you know like back in the back in like 2009 2007 like a a big channel youtube would be a channel that had like 10,000 subscribers and that was like huge Mm. holy Mm. shit and now like felix has like what 50 million or something it's crazy yeah um but yeah so so i had these like connections that i made through like playing with different people on on ps3 i guess it was um so, so yeah, I just had made these connections, these friends, I, I shouldn't call them connections, these friends. And then uh, since they had YouTube channels, they got contacted by MonsterCat pretty early when MonsterCat just was like founded, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and they had put out like maybe five tracks and around to YouTube um, people, gaming people. So I got introduced um, through that. So there were like these gaming friends of mine that knew Monster Cat that introduced me to the CEO, which is Mike Darlington. Um, and, and yeah, I was like in it, in the label and talking to them since basically the beginning. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty crazy. Um, the, the whole ride with them and seeing how, how we've grown together. Uh, going back to, you know, advice given to, to younger producers, what mm. are some of the biggest mistakes you see up up and coming producers making? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's a hard question. Um, I think I think just like um, again, not getting that you need all of the aspects to really succeed, you know, mm. um, and and that you also need to focus on your shit. Like that's something I see a lot. A lot of people complain about this artist or this DJ or whatever that it, that is getting a break finally, probably because they worked their ass off behind the scenes mm. and they complain and they just like bitch and moan about, oh, um, <laughs> about this guy being get finally getting his mainstream success and he's a sellout and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and, and that bugs me a lot. And I know that probably if I, if I'm so lucky to get that kind of success, I will get it too. And I will lash out on Twitter and mm-hmm. fucking, um, really berate someone because they, they're calling me us out, but you know, I I'm, I'm ready for that. But, um, yeah, it's just a complaining basically in the scene that, that I have a problem with. And, and it mainly comes from producers or people who think they know about the industry and when they really don't, they don't have a clue. They think that, that dance music is the end all be all when it's like a tiny little portion of the whole music yeah, scene, you know? Yeah, yeah for um, sure. So, so, so yeah, it's just like, it, it's the complaining and it's, it's also people just not getting that, that uh, things like branding and 
and uh, obviously connections as well, but, but branding and how you market yourself and how you carry yourself on social media really matters. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's basically it, I think. Well, do you think that, you know, because cause great music is the most important thing and you mm. need that first. Okay, let's say someone's listening to this and they've been producing for six months. Uh, so, mm. their music isn't great yet. I mean, it's no. they're getting there, they're learning some stuff, but it's not at a point where a label will re- release it. It's not at a point where they should try and really market it. Do you right. think it's, for that person, do you think it's worth them uh, posting on social media and, and spending all this time on branding and marketing or just making music? Um, so, so I don't think they need to spend a lot of money at all for, for branding or marketing. I think they can, they can tell their story. Um, mm. I don't think that that would be weird. I think it would be pretty cool if you look back at like Calvin Harris right now and he had Instagrammed his whole story since he was sitting in his bedroom mm. making his first mm. album. I think they would be pretty cool to look back on that. So I think it definitely has a, a, a rhetorical aspect to it like or retroactive or whatever you want to i don't know can't remember what the word is retrospective. Uh, but like right retrospective yeah, yeah. aspect to it thank you um and uh, and i don't know I, I think it would be pretty cool for someone to and i think people are interested in someone who can document what they're going through um i don't know um, maybe even if they have just a small following that can get, that can grow bigger if you use like, um, I don't know, um, curators and, and people that, that are influencers the right way. But, mm. but yeah, I, I definitely feel like people should use social media or, or at least study it, like see what's going on. And, mm. and so that when they, that when they do make that big push and when they do feel like they're ready to just put, uh, both put out, put out the music and also put themselves out there on social media, uh, they'll be ready. So either like learn by doing or study it, I guess. Yeah. I think studying is essential uh, because yeah, it changes so fast, Facebook and Instagram yeah, yeah, and all yeah, these yeah. platforms. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if yeah, you, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, Snapchat was the shit six months ago, and now it's <laughs> declined by thirty percent or something. Wow. Um, I, I read in a in an article because Instagram Stories came out, and yeah. it's been the thing. And and I mean, I, I I I'm the same way. Like I use Instagram Stories a whole lot more so right now. Yeah. Probably probably because because though there's where that's where the most people are and yeah. especially for the like and we're getting very like industry business but definitely for the like 30 plus category or 40 plus category like since instagram came out with stories that would just gave them another reason to not download yet another mm-hmm. app you know mm-hmm. if they maybe if instagram stories never happened they would download snapchat and would check that out but now since instagram stories has their thing the the kind of 35 40 plus um age group didn't even bother with it so yeah yeah it's interesting very interesting and snapchat just went public didn't it yeah exactly Mm. exactly Huh. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Maybe maybe Snapchat will will be Vine in two years. Might be like Twitter, like yeah. right? Just die out. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to d- dive into your music for a moment. For sure. How do you how do you start a track? Do you start with an idea? Do you start with a sound effect, chord progression, or does it just change every time? 
so it doesn't really change every time. There's a lot of producers that I've, I mean, I, I watch so many interviews with my favorite producers and a lot of them say that it changes every time. For me, it doesn't. I, I kind of have it figured out. Mm. Uh, if I'm making a song by myself that doesn't already have a demo or doesn't already have a vocal to it, uh, I, I'll just start playing on the piano, figuring a melody or a chord progression out. And, and then go from there. I kind of know my way around what um, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I want the Hellberg, quote unquote, Hellberg sound to be. Mm. Um, so I kind of know where to go, what sounds to use, what kind of vibe I want with it. Um, but it's definitely easier. And I've since I, I've signed to to my publisher, it, it's definitely been easier because they can just send me vo new vocals from like mm -hmm. some great songwriter in Stockholm or L.A. or London, you know, so uh, or Australia for, for that matter. Um, um, yeah. So, so and, and I can just work around that, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is what I prefer to do. I, I really prefer to work around a vocal. Um, I think that that's where I can be my better self, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And your music is quite um, melodically complex. Do you have any classical training? Do you know music theory or you're self-taught? Uh, I'm self-taught when it comes to that. Like we had a bit of piano and music theory in um in the high school i went to because i went to a high school that is oriented in different art forms so mm. i was in a class that was specifically for music producers um so i went basically i i had eight hours of studio time every week in high school which was pretty cool um awesome. yeah uh where we just like either made a remix or mixed this like live band or learned about music theory or like played the piano or, you know, we had a bunch of things and it was a great education. Um, and, and yeah, I, I did learn a lot from that. Just like basic, basic things that, that I don't think people really know that, okay, so this chord works better as the first chord and not the second mm -hmm. chord. If you, you know, basic things like that. Um, and then I've just like used Google to find, okay, what can I, um, I don't know what inversion or what uh, kind of borrowed chord can I make? And if I want to go from a C scale to a D scale, how do I do that? And stuff like that, mm -hmm. which which is available online. And, and there's some great articles on how to do things like that. It's just like I feel like a lot of people who ask me about um, basic things like that just really hasn't figured that out yet. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, am I, it's I, amazing how few people know that Google exists. <laughs> well, well, it, it is crazy because because I don't know. Maybe it's just like they them wanting to ask a kind of basic question or a question that they're wondering that they could use Google for, and they know that they could use Google for it. But if they ask me, maybe they'll get a response. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's just something like that. And that is something I did as well when I was like fourteen. Of course, I want to yeah, know. Yeah. What, what synth is the best from Timbaland instead of Google? <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah. he because he was my idol when I was that age. Um, so, you know, it, th there's that. But but um, yeah, self-taught for the most part. Uh, that's awesome. your question. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. Do you have any first of all, do you get creative block writers block? And if mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. do you have any? routines habits or, or tricks that you use to overcome it so it's interesting interesting this is something also i've talked in the talked about in these like quick tips that i mentioned earlier mm -hmm. um 
And because it is a question I get asked a lot from people who have have issues with that, they've worked for like a year straight and they're really they were really confident and now they're not as confident Mm -hmm. in in making music and they feel like nothing is really going their way. And, you know, like a lot of there's a lot of things in play when it comes to having a creative block. It's not just like you're going about your life and and everything is still the same and all of a sudden you can't write shit like it usually has to do with i don't know just someone not being as kind to you that day as they were the next day and that can affect mm-hmm. you like s- s- small things like that or you read something like uh, you don't like uh, you don't like what the president just said on twitter or something mm-hmm. and you bec- <laughs> and you and you get into a mood and all of a sudden you you stay in that mood and you just dwell on that um, so I don't know. It, it comes with a lot of experience, I think, just like getting over things like that. Mm. I, I, again, I, I've tried to make music now for nine years, uh, not full time again, full time for like three years. But but still. And and something I've noticed is that it, it goes away with experience, like a lot of different difficulties, you know, in, yeah. in different works. Um, just knowing how to maneuver, you know, just knowing, OK, I have this issue. I know that I I'm having a creative block right now. I know I have writer's block, but I also know how to maneuver around it so I can um, make a remix instead, or I can search mm. for a vocal, or I can try to actually like take that big top 40 radio hit that I love and try to remake it, remake the production. Okay, I can do that. Or I can go through all of my samples and just sort them and mm. picking out from these thousand sounds, the 10 I like, and and you can do simple stuff like that that you don't really think about, um, but that can like really help you out when you do have the creative juices flowing, you know. Yeah, and when when you do that stuff, like I've I've had creative blocks, and then I've decided, oh, I'll just remake this track. And normally, what right. happens is in that process, you're remaking this track, and you come up with an idea, like an original idea, and you're like, cool, this is this is awesome. I'm just going to work on this now. Uh, and all of a sudden your your writer's block is gone definitely i think like a lot of a lot of these issues just comes from from experience like mm. just working a long time on something and knowing how to again how to move around different issues um yeah yeah absolutely uh cool. i've got a few more questions what's mm. what's been the biggest challenge you've faced so far in your journey as an artist it's a challenge every day, man. I, I gotta be honest. Like, like there, there are new struggles every single day. Like, mm-hmm. what, right when you think that you, you, you're done with one issue or one like fire, and you put that fire out, there's a new fire, and f- god damn it, I need to figure that one out. And so, what would some examples be? Like, what are we talking about? Um, just labels being assholes or, (laughs) or publishers being assholes or not getting that remix you wanted. And you thought that you were going to get that kind of money for something. And then it turns out like, oh, you're not getting that money. Okay. So who is going to pay for my dinner tonight? (laughs) You know, like, like there's, there's always different kind of stuff like that. Or like you just released a track, you think that it's going to blow up, you think that it's going to be huge. And then two weeks later, and it's got like just a couple of thousand plays and you're like, what, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also like just trusting people and, and them and being let down by, by just, I don't know, 
thinking that they will deliver something that that they don't mm. kind of and being disappointed about that and, and that shouldn't really discourage you either because uh, again that comes with experience like knowing that okay i know i can't put my 100 percent trust in this and yeah uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to my own work. Like if I want that Spotify playlist or that radio uh, radio show to play my music, maybe I should try and and uh, do that myself instead of relying on a label or a manager or a publisher or an agent to get that for me. Um, so just mm. stuff like that. Um, and uh and bigger things that I can't really go into, but, but you yeah, know, th- sure. there's always, or, or, or personal issues like, like your family member passed away or, you know, there, there's always something or your girlfriend is in a mood and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they can always, always be something that, <laughs> that you, you don't really want to deal with. You just want to make music. Um, but, but that's not always the case. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you need to focus on what you can control, you know, like you just mm. said, and yeah you have to take initiative like you said you can't just rely on like a publisher or even a manager um to do everything for you and i think that's crucial i think that a lot of artists uh, especially younger ones or up-and-coming ones they think that all i need to do is focus on the music and then when i get a manager he'll do all the marketing all the the branding all the stuff for me and all i need to do is sit in the studio all day it's like no you, you need to do a little bit more than that Right. And, and and for your own personal sake, even though your deal with your manager might be, okay, you get 50% of the money and you actually do the 50% work. Like mm. you actually do everything except the music. And that, I, I know some people that do ca- those kind of deals and some of them have been really ex- successful. So mm. I'm not hating on that, but for your own sake, as an artist, I feel like you, you should get grounded in that world as well and know yeah. Um, how to maneuver or know how to like who to email and you know stuff like that um so 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 but but it all comes down to what the manager what the publisher what the label um like what deal you have with them i guess when it comes to that for sure and i think uh, it's important to know at least some stuff so that you can make sure you're getting the good deal because i mean there have been plenty of cases where um Artists have signed contracts without really knowing oh, yeah. what they're saying and they get screwed yeah. over. Yep. It's really sad, yeah. but it happens all yeah, the same, time. Same thing has happened to me. And and you, you mm. just got to learn from it and uh, and be smarter next time. Um, mm. this, this, the same thing has happened to me. Like, want to get this track out or I, 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 I am very confident that this management or this uh, label is going to deliver for me and I really want to make this happen now, now, now. And you're like young, yeah. you're, you're under 18, you're impatient, you just mm. want to get things mm. going um, and you just sign it because you, you don't really... You don't really know better, I guess, and you're not patient enough to actually just get a lawyer or get your parents or someone who is older than you to look it over. Um, I, I've been in, in, in situations like that, and, and that's no fun. But again, you, you learn from it. All right. One last question. If you could collaborate with one person, alive or dead, who would it be and why? So this answer changes every time I, I give it. Um, it sometimes it, it really depends on what kind of mood I am, what new music I've been listening to because, and the list is so long of people who I would like if they were alive or, or want to work with who, who are alive. Um, 
but like my all time favorite artist, um, or, or I should say vocalist is Whitney Houston. Mm. Um, so I would, I would love to do something, um, would have, would have loved to have the chance to do something with her if she was alive. Uh, and also Michael Jackson, obviously is in my opinion, the greatest artist of all time. So, um, one of those two, uh, if I was to say someone, someone who, who is alive, I would definitely say, definitely say, sorry, uh, Ariana Grande. I, I love, I'm, I'm huge into pop music. So mm-hmm. Ariana Grande or, or the weekend probably is my, what would, would be my go-tos or Stevie wonder. <laughs> awesome. Great yeah, choices. The, the list, the list, the list is long. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, John, thanks heaps for coming on the show. Great conversation. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you.